Hi, I'm Bill Allerton from Urban Tiger Radio, and playing us in today is one of my favourite live bands, Paul Middleton's Angst Band. And here's Paul let loose on his favourite instrument, the slide guitar. Well, let's find out what it is that pushes and compels Paul down here every Wednesday night at the Blues Bar in Harrogate. This is an amazing venue, an amazing band. Bring your earplugs and rock the night away with Paul Middleton. We're two Sheffield lads here, Paul. What what are we doing in Harrogate? Sheffield, I don't know that I could claim I was born in Sheffield somewhere. I don't even know quite where in Sheffield I was born and parents split up so I kind of grew up somewhere between, well not somewhere between but either Bridlington or Rotherham mainly. I, I always collectively call all that area Sheffield. Somewhere between Rotherham and Bridlington? Yeah. <laughs> oh it covers a big area. It does. Uh, yeah I remember you've got a track called um, Hey Mama Yeah. and it starts with the, your Sheffield Rant. Sheffield Rant, yeah. 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 I've got one yeah. of my own on that podcast too. Mm. Not as good as yours, I must admit, or as loud. And, and it's sort of recalling Sheffield as it used to be. Is, is that right? The song was a, it was a bit of a rip-off of, a, of an old blues song, Hey Mama, although the lyrics are all mine, apart from the chorus line, which goes, Hey Mama, keep your big mouth shut. It's bearing in mind the number of years I've been doing that. I've lived through, I've been singing this song through political history of England since the 1950s, well no actually I started singing it in the late 60s, early 70s. So I kind of went through all the uh, Thatcher era and uh, I thought that the lyrics, the sentiment, hey mama keep your big mouth shut was appropriate. Absolutely. Coming from South Yorkshire myself, I've got no argument with that. The transition between Rotherham and where we are now, yeah. right? How old were we, were you when you left Rotherham? Again, that, it, it's a bit difficult because uh, parents being divorced, one living in Rotherham and uh, well, my father, and then my mother living in Bridlington. But I was, uh, I don't know whether it was a consequence of uh, not being together. But anyway, I was, I was a very, very difficult, if I can use the term, fucked up child. If not, you can edit that out. You can say anything you want on here. And so uh, they'd, they could only tolerate me for so long before they'd then pile me back onto so the other a bit one. like past the parcel, was it? Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So I was just uh, literally going backwards and forwards from throughout my school years, which was a, a disaster because I was in a different school all the time. I was in Parkgate in junior school, Parkgate near Rotherham. Um, my father had a business there. What did your father do? He, he made pottery, all kind of uh, products, plaques, wall plaques and all sorts oh. of things, kind of like, uh, uh, which of course went bankrupt like most of his attempts at business. He was also an artist of dubious talent. Um, dubious talent, right, okay. What sort of things did he paint? Obviously uh, sculpture or something. It, it, he liked portraiture and um, landscapes to a certain extent. It's sort of very traditional, just kind of like. Yeah. But, was, uh, was either of them musical? My mother listened to lots of music, sort of classical, predominantly, and jazz, early jazz, big band jazz. Yeah. Which I, I grew up in. I kind of, I absorbed it. Yeah. I would say kind of like uh, uh, it was just always in my ear and I start I did really like big band jazz and it kind of coincided with me starting to be interested in uh, country blues old original delta blues yeah and that that sort of prompted me to kind of like as a means of expression I found it just absorbing fantastic 
So how old were you when you first picked up an instrument of sorts? Uh, what was it? I think my stepfather bought a guitar. I never got on with him. He was an arsehole. My mother loved him. Uh, <laughs> I suppose that's all that matters. <laughs> that kind of, so it kind of worked in a way. But uh, how it came about, I've no idea, because he wasn't that kind of guy, but he actually bought me an acoustic guitar. And I started to kind of like figure out how these guys were, were making the music. There's no actual music formal training whatsoever. So I kind of just worked, just, just listening to it and finding and discovering it. Because a, a lot of the stuff that I really liked was uh, bottleneck blues. And so I uh, kind of ended up having to kind of figure out, well, how the hell are they doing this? Because I had my Burt Whedon playing a day book which uh, I've spent a lifetime trying to learn how to play guitar and I've not succeeded yet, but... So I kind of began to use it as a means to an end, and yeah. uh, but learning open chord tunings and sort of things, not from books, but just through listening. You've got that and musician's gift then, the ear. Uh, I, I, I seem to, and whether got, that was, yeah. uh, you know, my mother's influence or there was, there's a general... I've got two brothers who are both artists, so the three of us got into kind of like, and we never grew up together. We were always Rotherham, again, between Rotherham and Bridlington, Rotherham and Bridlington kind of like stuff. So we never knew each other when we were growing up. So there's a, an artistic bent within the family. Now that was from my father, I don't know. Because uh, he wrote poetry as well, he kind of like, I discovered after he died. My oh, mother, we all have a downside. My mother kept loads of stuff, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I guess it was just sort of absorbing unconsciously a lot of it, the music that my mother was enjoyed listening to, and then finding, uh, you know, because at the time there's people like Perry Como and Bobby Darin and all sorts Catch of strange people stars. and kind of like that just wasn't doing anything for me at all. Mm. And then I heard through some accident some of this uh, uh, African American blues stuff. So, so when was it that you first wanted to play in public? There was never a real conscious desire to do that. I just wanted to kind of uh, express something through music or through music. It seemed a, an opportunity to do that. So, I mean, I used to go, you know, when I was sort of like 13, 14. There was a particular public toilets in Bridlington, and it had a fantastic go down there, and the echo was fantastic. So I'd go down there and just sort of play. I was a very solitary child as well. I didn't really yeah. make a lot of friends and stuff and things. So I just kind of did that, and, and then just found myself in situations where I'd probably uh, done enough nefarious substances to kind of liberate me from my own insecurities enough to kind of like uh, play guitar when there was people around and sing when there was people yeah can around. you remember your first time you ever played in public no not really i mean there was just odds and sods i remember kind of one time i was in hull i was stood outside i think um little richard was playing and uh, there was a queue of people waiting to go in and being a friend of mine who played harmonica we, we sort of like just started, because I used to carry my guitar around everywhere, because I used to hitchhike everywhere then, and I'd left home, that was 15, 16 actually. I kind of left home at 14, well I had enough, but I used to keep going back just for food. Then used to go and just stay with all sorts of in squats or derelict buildings all over, all over the place, with other people, kids yeah. even my age crazy times so you moved from that did you move to playing with a band or i was in living in leeds i was about 17 18 and started trying to find other musicians not not for, with any ambitions of, of, of doing anything other than sitting around with somebody else trying to make music and i was in a lot of situations in leeds where i'd find musicians we'd all agree to do it we'd meet up but then we'd get stoned or something and just carry on talking about making music but not actually getting around to doing anything. Me and my brother was living in Harrogate then and he kind of, I mentioned this to him and he said, well, there's loads of musicians in Harrogate. So I thought I'll come over here to, and have a look. And within two months, I was in a cellar, this guy, Roy Weber, and uh, his lodger was a keyboard player 
Roy wrote and things, but Roy wanted to be a country and western singer. And I wasn't a big fan of country and western. I didn't mind. Well, and bands like The Birds and things were okay, so obviously this is getting into that early 70s. But not my cup of tea, I was still a complete blues fanatic. But it kind of grew, the, the musicians started to kind of turn up into Roy's cellar, joining us. Then it, it kind of, it just became a band. Right, what, when was that? What year would that be? Probably. If it's not too much of a haze. It is a haze, but it must have been sort of 72. So by that time I was 20, uh, when, you know, after being in Arrogate a couple of years, were kind of doing this. It got so that kind of outside of Royce Cellar, there was loads of people who used to come and have a listen to what we were doing. So we decided to find a pub or somewhere that we could play in and we found one place called the Cock and Castle. doesn't exist anymore but it was a derelict, run-down pub. There was just one bar but it, at the back of the pub it had a massive room where the ceiling was falling in, the plaster had fallen off the walls and we asked the guy, the landlord there, can we use it? He said yeah. And so we set up a bit of a stage platform and started playing in there and it just, just started getting rammed. And then it just kind of took off from there because landlords started getting in touch with us. Can you come and play here? Can you play that? That was all over uh, West Yorkshire and then South Yorkshire and kind of Yorkshire generally. But then it started spreading from there. Besides the blues bar, you also play in Leeds, aren't you? What's the pub that you play in? I do now, yeah. I mean, uh, it's. uh, There's two venues in Leeds. I'm supposed to be doing one tomorrow night, The Grove which has been a long, long established folk club pub, as it were. Very well known amongst the kind of like folk musicians and stuff. But they started putting me on down there, which I don't, I don't quite know. Well, I know why, because the landlord loves us. But it's, it's like playing in somebody's living room. I mean, the blues bar is small enough, but this place is ridiculous. You get 20 people and it's packed. Oh, all right. I was say, it's but, not very big but, here, is but it? But then we do one called the uh, uh, Duck and Drake, which is, is a big pub in these, and we get with Star Patrick. I saw it off Patrick. the train one night when I came past. You can yeah. see it off yeah, the yeah. railway. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. 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 And that's a big pub. Yeah. And you still pack that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we get a really good crowd. Like you pack the Blues Bar every yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we do you're that. Amazing. We do both of those once a month, first Thursday of the month yeah. in the Duck, and then third Thursday in the Grove. Right, so these are just regulars. So you're in your twenties and you've got a band. Are you you're working with a band? What, yeah. Did the band have a name? Wally, it was called. Wally. Yeah. Right. You couldn't find them. Is that where's <laughs> Wally? <laughs> Sorry about that one, Paul. Uh, right. Okay. So you, so you're in a band, and where did you move from there? I know you've you've travelled around quite a lot. Well, I mean, with that band, we went to America. We ended up in, in Japan, doing all over Europe all over England, every bloody seaside town in England we had to do tours of. We were signed to Atlantic Records eventually and kind of, we had Bob Harris and Rick Wakeman were producing the albums, which we did two of. And that went on for oh, a good six, seven years, unrelenting touring. When we got back from the, the last tour was uh, Japan, got back from Japan and I said and the rest of the band had agreed we want a good two three months off because I didn't know where I was I didn't know who I was I didn't know <laughs> I'd lost track of it yeah uh, thought the world this, was a hotel room uh, is this a life is this um, I wasn't quite sure whether it was a, a life that I really wanted to to be a part of you know, I can look back in retrospect and think but anyway at the time so we got back we went to the uh, offices in London Atlantic records and they said right you've got three days off and then you're doing another tour of British Seaside Resort and I just said no and that was the end of that band it all folded you know. right they wouldn't give you they wouldn't give you a break at all no no I mean you know because they were well, they, they were, were endeavouring the to get the back their yeah. investment you yeah. know and that, that was their priority we were we were just a product as they were concerned you know <laughs> yeah which is fair enough, I suppose. Well, yeah, but it must undermine your own sense of talent and your own self-esteem. Just kind of wanted to try and establish 
or re-establish if there was a life other than that kind of a life. Yeah. So I kind of I, I packed it and moved away from music for quite well. I started my own business. Uh, got a doing? wife. Got, I, was, I was initially I was manufacturing saunas and log cabins and going out and fitting them because I like wood. And then I started making furniture, just kitchens and fitted furniture and all yeah. sorts of stuff. I know uh, you've made me something, which yeah. I unkindly refer to as Queequeg's Coffin. Coffin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. It had got It sort of had that look about yeah, it. But, yeah, it did. But it, it's beautiful yeah. and I use it every day. Good. Uh, and good. it now smells even better than it did because it's full of spices. So it's... Uh, yeah, good. But, uh, yeah, so got married, got bought a house. Um, Went back to all the conventional and, things. Yeah, and then, uh, like happens, you know, the wife decided to go off with somebody else. So I just threw the whole lot in the air, sold the house to the first person, sort of split the kind of equity in it, which was quite a lot of money, because we paid about 20,000 quid for this. It was a beautiful cottage, 16th century cottage, massive, massive wow. gardens, orchard, and everything in the... God knows when it was, mid, mid late 70s, early 80s. And when, after only, because uh, I spent nearly 10 years, getting on for 13 years actually, think about it, establishing all this, going through that process. I always used to go to, there's a, a, a local, uh, well, not local, but it's another village, Markington. They used to have a little, the landlord there used to get up and have a little jam night on the Monday evenings. So I always used to kind of like go to them. And that's when, because originally in Wally we were singing all Roy Weathers songs, or performing them. I was just, I was alternating between bass, because we didn't have a, a bass player, slide guitar, um, standard guitar, and mandolin, <laughs> had to go at everything. But then, but never really doing my songs, of which I've been starting to write songs from a very early, late teens, early to all, write songs, they weren't songs, and it was just some rant I'd go off on at some point that kind of turned into songs, which I found out, I discovered when I was going to Markington to these jam sessions, because I'd just start singing my own songs. And that's when it started building up to inevitably, or not inevitably, well, inevitably it was, but eventually, inevitably became the angst band. Right. It was Paul Middleton's angst. Yeah. And, which it uh, all was. Yeah, I've heard you play. I love your songs because yeah. the uh, the angst that you're expressing sort of reaches right into me and, and taps into all the things that I get suffer from. Well, I get touch from wood, angst which I've done a lot of touching on. Uh, a lot of people seem to feel the same, you know. People kind of like say what your influences are. I mean, one of the reasons why, because I used to have written on the window in the blues by Paul Middleton's blues band. Where I'm coming from started with blues, but uh, I didn't want to be known as a blues band because I've got too much respect for blues and for them old guys to kind of try and emulate or or pretend I understand what I felt I did understand what what they were all about. But I, I kind of had that, I, I became quite uh, judgmental about other people's motives for playing blues and calling themselves a blues band or stuff. Yeah. Right, well, about, right about now, I'd like to put a piece of music in, right. if that's at all possible. Now, you've got a new CD. What's your new CD called? It's just called Angst. Same but as this is a this is a... Angst 2. Yeah, it's a live record. Uh, sorry, no, it's not a live recording. The other stuff we've been doing been recording live because didn't have a good relationship with studios. But I decided we'd do a studio recording this time, and I'm really pleased with it. Okay, yeah. what? Can you remember the title of the first piece of music you'd like to put in here? I wrote a song whilst I was in Wally, and it was kind of like. Roughly, not entirely, it's kind of like a personal kind of observation, but tied in with the guitarist, a fellow called Pete Koska, who the, the demise of Wally he couldn't handle and he ended up sort of, well, basically killing himself on drugs, drugs and alcohol. Jeez. And so kind of, there's a song called Human, which I wrote, you know, when I was about 22, 23, but then compounded when with his death with the kind of so he could play that I suppose human okay we'll play 
human. What's it mean to you, that song? Uh, Is it a, a cry to be understood? or Most of my songs, in a sense, are a, a scream into the void uh, to try and understand the world around me and myself. Well, I think, yeah. Angst is the apt word, I always thought, rather than a blues band. I've got an angst band. Okay, so here we go with Human. We're standing in a line, I took a look at them. Broken, wasted boys, they travel too far, too fast through rock and roll. Friends gather round, they have concern in their eyes. They've high-powered glasses hanging by their side. They want to hear him say, oh, but I'm only human, you know. Anyway possible, yes, I thought I'd let it show. Possible, yes, you gotta let it show, let it grow. They strapped him in a cushioned cinema seat, his headset wound to ten. He noticed all the house lights go down, the story of his life began. The music, it's a muddy water song, a blues called Still a Fool. His powerful beauty sets a mood. On the screen, a naked man on a stool And in some hazy, confused, past the light Oh, in a clear white room This lonely figure, his head in his hand He slowly moves to the beat of the tune You can hear him say, whoa, whoa But I'm only human, you know Anywhere possible, yes I gotta let it show Possible, yes, you gotta let it show, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow. Hola. on this wasteland there's a code it's high degreed somewhere in there this strange reality you leave a friend to bleed and me too I'm fucking around playing parts from books and plays should have seen me I had to explain myself to some some magistrate I said hey But I'm only human, you know Anyway possible, yes I thought I'd better let it show Whoa, 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 whoa But I'm only human, oh, hey, 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 hey. Anyway possible 
So now we know what it is that makes you human, Paul. So you moved away from your marriage and you'd done all the things with the band. And now where did you start to go then? Did you travel the world again? Yeah, well, then I shot off and had to get away. So I ended up buying an old British Rail crew bus kind of thing and converting it and uh, buggered off to Europe for the best part of couple of years. Right, where did you go in Europe? It was predominantly France, all over France. I was um, working on the, on the sheep farm for a while. I spent three months in Paris, attempted busking, ended up over in the Jura near a place called Besançon on a sheep farm, which was fantastic. Loved it, loved the family. Then ended up sort of in the, in the south of France, sort of around Aix-en-Provence and all around there, and then looked for uh, work on the Vendange, great picking, and thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Bloody hard work, but and then sitting around campfires on a night with a, a load of other reprobates from all over the world, strumming guitars and singing and getting drunk on, on, the, on the liters and liters and liters of red wine. Yeah, well, it's not the sort Bloody of thing marvelous that in Haricot, it, was. Is it? it was marvelous. Yeah, and what made you give that up? Aid? Uh, feel you needed to move on again? Well, no, you're always chasing. I mean, one thing you do need in whatever you're doing, you need some money. True. So I, I kind of I moved from the south and then got a job up uh, in the cognac region, picking grapes. So I did because that's later in the season. And then I got somebody got in touch with me saying that I'd done work for before and said, look, we're, we're putting some log cabins up in Scotland. Do you fancy coming and helping us do them up? So I thought, well, that fits it. Fits in fantastic. In the meantime, I've met a lot of other people through all this who were, that's what they did on a, on a yearly basis. They followed fruit picking. So the idea was they had a kind of bit of a commune down just in the north of Italy. They'd come into France to do the grapes and then they were going to meet up and go to uh, Greece to pick olives and oranges somewhere and so and they had it kind of the year all planned out following fruit harvests and sort of stuff like that but I thought I had some time to fill in so I thought this is perfect Um, go back to England and uh, do this and then get back there ready to go down to to Greece and spend the winter in southern Italy and Greece picking fruit and strumming but got back to England but stuck back in Harrogate waiting for this job to happen and it didn't happen. Ran out of money, I'd maxed out any credit cards I'd had through the business in France. I'm stuck. I had a lot of regrets about that because I I did enjoy that but at the same time that's when I seriously started kind of like thinking what what am I going to do? So uh, I started I'd played it here in the blues bar from its from its origins, maybe a Sunday afternoon acoustic thing. But then the, the people that had it sort of said, if you get the band together, come and play here regularly. So I've been playing here every week now, apart from a two-year period where I was banned for the last 25, 26 years. Oh, grief. Yeah, I've only been coming here for about. That's the story of my life. Yeah, (laughs) I've only been coming here for about what four now? Is it three, four years? Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, and I love it every time I come over. Let's have another track, Paul. Which of these would you like me to play next? There's a new one on there, isn't there? There is. There's a. It's quite heavy. It's uh, a song called Creed, and it's. I have not. Well, I won't say I haven't got a lot of time for religion, so I haven't got any time for religion of any description whatsoever. The song's kind of like, that's what the lyrics are all about, you know. Fine, okay, I'll go with that one. So let's play Creed by Paul Middleton's Angst Band. Or is it just the Angst Band now, Paul? (laughs) 
Well, they see, I can see on the T-shirt, Paul Middleton's <laughs> Angspan. Right, Creed. Responsibility. After checking it out, how come you can still find the time? You're taking that shit so seriously. Oh, oh, oh. of adolescence terminated. No, men don't have babies, you know. Oof. You're gonna have to be carbon dated if ever you're exhumed, examinated. Men don't have babies, you know. Whoa. And you're telling me, you're telling me I need a queen. problem here. You're the one that's looking for a little credibility. Oh, 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 oh. Don't stop that from on me. I'm out to lunch. did tell me that in your foreign travels you'd had your material, all your songs that you'd written, stolen. 
Yeah. Kind of an impact did that have? Massive. Apart from the songs, I mean, I'd been writing stuff, like I said, from the late teens, early 20s, and I always, through all kind of like uh, my disastrous relationships, which I could go into, but there's no point with, with you know, uh, I'd been writing stuff, and of course, as a consequence of that, you only write stuff when you're kind of like, when you're, you're emotionally compromised. All the best songs seem to come out of that. So, uh, you know, I could say I could be grateful to all those uh, women who told me from, for one reason I was either ruining their lives or, or uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we all know about that. Yeah, we all know um, that one. Uh, but the only things I've always managed to kind of keep together through all this was my writing and I kept it all in a kind of like this old leather kind of satchel thing and I was going to Spain because my partner was Spanish, Marta and uh, to see her family but uh, immediately we were flying from from there to Thailand my brother uh, played in a blues bar in Thailand played harmonica and sang there Then he said bring some of your stuff across and we'll we were going over there for about four or five weeks so I thought okay rather than just and, and bearing in mind I've got the worst memory so how I'm actually kind of like relating all this I'm not really sure where it's coming from maybe I'm just making it all up but anyway rather than just selecting a few songs I thought oh, I'll, I'll take my satchel thing with me so but in Barcelona which is uh, with with Mr. Connecting kind of train. So we were waiting for a night bus to get us to Tharagotha, where Martha's parents live. So we're in, we're absolutely knackered in this bus station, and we somebody had been watching us, obviously. We both had two haversack things, which we were trying to kind of make sure we kept our eye on. But uh, anyway, a couple of clever guys figured out a way to kind of distract us and then turn around and they disappeared along with my bag, along with my satchel, which, which had all this stuff in. Which was L worthless like, to them. Like just reams and reams of paper with stuff written on it, either prose or poems or just kind of, which most of them would turn into songs eventually, but uh, gone, probably in some landfill in Barcelona now. Oh, I can't imagine what it's like having your life's work oh, trashed. It was way. an absolute disaster. I mean, we lost about kind of like between Bart's, which we'd got, which would have been, well, I suppose they could have gone to change them somewhere. But uh, Bart's and Euros, uh, it, was, it was getting on for just over a thousand quid. I, w I wasn't bothered about the money. And I mean, uh, when people found out in Harrogate, they had a big collection in the Blues Bar and they, got, they, they raised about 400 quid, which they sent to us, which was nice. But yeah, no, it was a disaster it, for me personally. Yeah, you know, absolute disaster. Okay, well, you've mentioned your partner Marta, who was mm. with you, and I happen to have been told that this was written for Marta, wasn't it? Love yeah. song. Yeah. So right about now, we'll just play a love song for Marta. All right. For okay? Marta. Okay. There are possibilities. They come and go. Things we know, realise there's so much more we don't. To the point where we're wondering, are we living in a dream? Always one step more. Always there's another closed door. I was facing a future I couldn't see I was meeting you, my destiny I was fighting demons of my own make Looking for signs, which road to take Where one step forward seems like two steps back just one brief moment of bliss What more could I expect? Acknowledging others as we walk these roads We're sharing dreams 
as we're sharing hope, sharing wisdom, sharing trust. We need to find our truths. We know we must tell. Then I've found you. Was it you found me? I don't know. There we were amongst all those lost, those lonely people. Just as I was, I was giving up hope. If we could share a dream, you wanted to try to show me what love means. I once walked upon a desolate shore, where creatures walked, all asking where, where can I find a life? To find a life here, and all of us, it's like we were swimming upstream against the flow, oblivious as to the reason why. Maybe just to find a life here. seen possibilities come and go in this search for love. Things we know, then realize there's so much more we don't. To the point, are we living in a dream? Did we create our own reality here? Always one step more. Always Another closed door 
Whilst facing a future I couldn't see Seems that meeting you Would be my, my destiny Yes, I've found you Was it you found me? a love song to Marta and I've met Marta and she's an absolutely beautiful girl and she looks far too young far too good looking for Paul to be honest that's <laughs> why I keep telling her but uh, she slaps me when I say it right well good I'm glad she does so sometimes Marta comes in here when you're playing on a Wednesday night occasionally she does yeah yeah and I know she doesn't stay long I think she's trying to protect her ears. <laughs> so, so you've been playing here for how many years, did you say? In the blues uh, a good 25 years, 25 if not years. more. And you still rock the joint. Yeah. Now, I know how old you are. And I don't know if you want me to tell anybody else. I don't or. mind. Right, okay. Well, you're the same age as me. You're 70, right? And you rock the joint like, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it, it, Yeah, we have good nights. <laughs> you yeah. do have good nights. It's absolutely incredible. I would urge anybody to come on a Wednesday mm. night to the Blues Bar. It's definitely a live experience. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with this CD. But uh, you can't beat a live. No, you can't. I mean, I've, I've listened experience. to your, yeah, I've listened to your other CDs, but mm. I still come here to Harrogate to the yeah. Blues Bar. Apart from anything else, I mean, the place is is wonderful. We've got we've got a wheelbarrow with Go Faster Flames down the side, and it says Martyr's Wheelbarrow. Who put that one up there? We were having a kind of drunken conversation with the current landlord one night when Marcus Mark, when she first came here. Well, she'd been here about six months, and she ended up working behind the bar, sort of where I first met her in here. And we we're having a conversation about how we could get this particular person who had a habit of falling asleep at the bar and he's quite a big guy trying to think how can we try it and uh, Mark suggested maybe we should get a barra or something her English wasn't that good then because she didn't speak English when she first came to England she learnt it as a consequence so we were trying to understand what she was talking about and she was explaining and uh, it turned out to be a barra so the landlord, we all had a good laugh about it, but then I think it was the next day or something, you know, a couple of days after, the landlord turned up with this barra, which he'd had painted, like Martyr's barra. And uh, I was taken home in it once, because I, I only lived around the corner. Uh, absolutely paralytic and passed out. So I was delivered to my front door with the barra. A few people were just taken onto the onto the stray outside and dumped on the barra. Uh, and it's it's now hanging up on the ceiling on a kind of pulley system ready to be lowered down for the next... Uh, for the next episode, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is this is an absolutely incredible place. I can't do it justice. I've got some pictures I'll put on, but it's, you have to come to see it. It's a unique, yeah. it's a very, it's a very unique little bar. Yeah. You I don't mean, find many bars in England now that put music on seven days a week. No, you can come every night three, and not be disappointed. Three, and three three bands on a Sunday, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock, yeah. 
Greg, I'm going to start coming so on a Sunday, except you wouldn't be on, would you? No, I'm not on on a Sunday. No, you're not on a Sunday. It has been known, just yeah. doing an acoustic thing or something. No, Frank, one of my own. I've had, I've had, I've had actually, there's been, I was trying to think about this the other day, I've had four variations of the Angst Band, different musicians involved, and, and you know, kind of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it with this version. Um, well, they're superb. I like the guy with the vibras in. It's yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The xylosynth. That's almost yeah. unique, isn't yeah. it? I mean, they're all that. Yeah, many you bands don't necessarily around, find right? that instrument used in uh, contemporary music. Yeah. You know, if that's what mine is. Or played as well, either. I mean, uh, going back to the scene, a lot of people sort of say, "What kind of music do you play?" And can you describe it? No, I can't. I mean, I've tried. People have said to me, why do you keep going with all the music? I say, well, uh, it's, yeah. I, I kind of say, well, it's kind of blues-based, but it's not blues. I don't know what it is, it's just well, angst. There are blues riffs in it, aren't there? Yeah, there are, yeah. yeah. But the I lyrics mean, are, are angry, in a, in a way. Yeah. It's not so much a rant as a sort of expiation of all the things that are troubling you. That, yeah, you know, over the that, years. Or think. trouble everybody, actually, yeah. over the years. Yeah, I love it. I love your lyrics. Mm. I've said to you before, you're a yeah, poet. Yeah. Not just a songwriter. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I've never really considered myself a musician, even though I've been involved in music that nearly all my life, as long as I can, I can, I can remember. Uh, but I, I, I'm not very competent at playing a guitar. I can make a lot of noise on a slide guitar, which is a fantastically expressive instrument. It is, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I... I, I, I What's I, the one that begins I, with that? Is it Hey Mama that begins with a slide guitar? Uh, oh, I, I, I kind of no. I do one. Um, uh, it's uh, well, well uh, I've been known to do it on spoonful, or I'd, I'd, but uh, how's it called that song? Uh, I was driven, I was flown, I was push compelled. Oh, push compelled, isn't it? But yeah, I kind of I, I start that with a manic kind of screaming slide guitar mental nonsense thing. Lots of swearing before we launch right. into the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. No. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a, a lot of expletives do get so, pooted forth during the course of my uh, performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're noted for it. So, right, okay. So you've been here 25 years or so. Uh, where do you see yourself going from here? Do you do you, do you see just yourself take, just? I take one day after another. I mean, we've, we're doing Cone Blues Festival this year, followed immediately up the M6 to do, there's a, a festival called Solfest. That's over the August bank holiday. Uh, we've got another festival that's coming up in June, I think, called the Dent, which is just up North Yorkshire, Dales, where it's just on the border between Yorkshire and Cumbria, Lancaster, So you're back touring again? Uh, uh, no, we've got a few festivals coming up. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like touring. Sounds like it. I've got, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a big fan in Norway. He's trying to set up, set us up some gigs in Norway. Which, oh. you know, I mean, financially, because in Europe, you know, as opposed to England, they actually value musicians and artists. And so you get paid good money travel abroad. In England you get paid shit. I get paid the same amount now, all the bands do, I get slightly more because I, I, do, I can guarantee they're going to get an audience but uh, uh, 25 years ago I was getting 150 quid yeah. for a gig and, and most of the bands are still getting 150 quid for a gig so uh, but that's kind of like uh, there's such a, a, a standard of Good musicians, especially now in young kids, some fantastic musicians coming around, and they're but and they're all desperately wanting to kind of like uh, perform the music, and so it's supply and demand as far as pubs are concerned. Bands are even prepared. Well, if, even if I go down to London, I, I'm expected to pay the sound engineer. Uh, I have to do it for nothing. It's just yeah. for self-promotion, you know, kind of stuff. So I. I tend not to do that. I get asked, but uh, no. Nah. If you're not well, going to pay for it. Yeah. I know you've given up your furniture business and given up your workshop. I've retired. I'm a pensioner. Yeah. Well, so am I. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> Whatever give, I, that I, means. I didn't, I didn't give it up. I, the, the, I mean, I had, a, I had a, a 
beautiful little workshop. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I loved it there, and it, it, you can't find these places now. It's an old kind of old building, a little kind of like back street, or kind of like sort well, they of turn them into flats now, don't they? They the pulled, they demolished the whole lot, the building, old people's homes. But yeah. And Harrogate has always been very popular with old people. People used to come here in bath chairs and die and that's what I kind of thought when I first came to Harrogate I thought I've got to get out of this place because I'll end up dying here yeah and it looks like that's what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> funny thing is first time I came here uh, the couple that brought us here they they'd found a deal on Groupon somewhere for a hotel and a meal and whatever so they invited us and we came along and then in the afternoon I found this place because there was a guy trying to tune his guitar by ear, right? And, I, and our cat's got a better ear. And I got a guitar All tuning right. app on my phone, so I set it up for him. Okay. And he said, do you like good music? So I said, yeah, okay, yeah, I do. Yeah. He said, well, come down tonight then, because it was a Wednesday night. He said, come right. down tonight, Paul Middleton's on. He's mm. bloody fantastic. Mm. So here I am. You know, four or five years later, I'm, I'm sat here now talking to you, mm. just by virtue of the fact that I had a guitar tuning app on mm. my phone. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. you know, Quite life good. is so coincidental, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you're right, Paul. You, <laughs> I can't see you moving too far from here at the moment. <laughs> can you? I mean, who knows what we're going to be? But what? Just to get back to what I was uh, saying, uh, if, the couple if, that if, came if with moved from Harrogate, I'll probably end up in Spain because yeah. of Marta's commitment to yeah. a family and stuff like that, yeah. and the mother and dad are but similar kind of age, or if not older, slightly yeah. older than I am. So. But the couple who brought us here were both seventy-four, and they were up on that floor dancing <laughs> that night. I, 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 and, I, I, you know. Yeah, I get a kind of like I do get kind of like from anything from well. I could, I should say, uh, eighteen to eighty. Yeah. But it's true. I get such a cross section, and they all enjoy it, with kids and and uh, and as pensioners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Paul. Um, right. What we're going to play you out with now? Which of these? Plays out with the last track on this CD, which is called "Lament of Hani Zayed." Now, Hani was—he uh, had a restaurant upstairs. He's Egyptian. Uh, I went to stay with him in Egypt. Was a lovely, lovely guy. But he used to come down in the in, in our breaks on a Wednesday night, and uh, he loved playing his his uh, tablas and congas and cushions instruments and and we'd all join in and have a jam and at one point we had this lady Davina who loved belly dancing she'd studied it she was a serious dancer she wasn't doing it for titillation although she was gorgeous uh, or still is I'm sure she's living somewhere in Greece or somewhere now but she used to come and dance and Annie would be playing and we'd be doing all this kind of like pseudo African Kind of, you know, just jamming. Uh, then Hani left and went back to Egypt, and we missed him. So uh, Daz, my guitarist, who happens to play violin now and then, came up with this idea for a song, and uh, it's the lament of Hani Zayed. A tribute. A tribute. A tribute. And I'd just like to finish there, Paul, with a tribute to you. I think you're absolutely bloody fantastic, and your band is amazing. Well, thank you, and Bill. And long may I keep coming to uh, Oregon to listen to you. So don't go anywhere just yet. I'm, I'm not okay. intending to, but... Right, OK. You know. Well, thanks, Paul. Right. Thank you very much, young man. And uh, I will see you Thank later you. on tonight. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're hopefully. <laughs> well, hopefully, yes, provided you can find a bass player. Here we go with the lament of... You pronounce it. Hani Zayed. Hani Zayed. Enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you.
intentions My malicious intentions My miserable confrontations With this thing we call love All my lies, my deceptions To protect what I fear most My emotional insecurities
without insurance It's up to you what you see What's past is behind you now oh, The future's still a dream And now where do you find yourself? Is it somewhere other than here? Now, are you living in your heaven? Could this be your hell? couldn't follow that even if I knew how to. So all I can do is remind you that Paul Middleton and his angst band appear every Wednesday night, that's every Wednesday night, at the Blues Bar Montpellier Parade Harrogate, which is an absolutely amazing venue, especially if you like live music. It's the only venue that I know that has seven days a week, wall-to-wall music, different bands, different styles, different artists, check out their website, the Blues Bar, Harrogate, and you'll find something I know that will suit you. So, being unable to follow Paul like that, all I can do is wish you well and say thank you for listening and listen out for the next podcast. So, it's a goodbye from me. Bye.